I started the master's program for clinical mental health counseling. And a year and a half into the program, I began my internship where I was a counselor for 19 weeks. And I worked with elementary school students. And honestly, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, and I didn't want to. That was the biggest thing. I didn't want to. I realized that when I having people's mental health in my hands every day and being responsible for that, especially kinder, kindergarten through fifth graders, um, I, that's not something that I could handle. And it it honestly took took a lot for me to um, kind of realize that because I'd already spent <laughs> excuse me. Um, a year of my life uh, going for counseling. So um, realized that was completely wrong. I'm that so does not suit me. I'm way too um, emotionally. Uh, I get too connected and emotionally um, involved. Uh, so I ended up switching my major to human services, graduating with a master's in human services, which is still very much helping people, but much broader and not um, talking to little kids whose parents are getting divorced um, every day. So um, so cut to a year after I graduated from um, that program and uh, thought I was thinking back and reflecting on things. Um, I'm still looking for a job at this point and um, open to many things um, as well as acting still. Uh, I feel like that's something that's always going to be in me and is that um, wants to perform and make people laugh and uh, also help people. So it's I'm kind of getting to a place where I'm accepting that, um, hey, I'm good at like more than one thing and I like doing more than one thing. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, really freaking hard and I get down on myself a lot. But um you know, if, if I tell people, if the worst thing I did in uh, my mid-20s was get a master's, that was my crisis, I think I'm doing okay. So, we'll see. I don't know. Anyway, that's me. So, thanks. We share our stories to feel less alone. And people dare to share their stories with us. Don't talk about it. Shh. I hope nobody finds out. I am so weird. I can't believe I just did that. You're not weird. And you're not bad. You're human. Welcome, Welcome to, to Striptease. Strip Isn't she just like cuddly bear like cuddle bunny? She'd probably hate for me to say that, but I just want to like, just like wrap her up like a, a rainbow like cotton candy and, and just talk with so her. so sweet and so loving. But I mean, she really is coming from the place where she wants to help. And as, as I know a lot of clients and a lot of people that I speak to mm -hmm. that are super passionate, mm -hmm. they find that they're passionate about a lot of different things and they're trying to to grab that span of various different things and cram them into one small box mm -hmm. so that's what they can do for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. And th there's multiple pieces inside of this voicemail. One of them is those multiple passions. What do you do? How do you move forward with that? Mm -hmm. And then on the second hand, at what point did she realize 
that that wasn't the career path that she really wanted to go into. Because I have a feeling it actually started when she was in school for it, before the internship. And so how many times do we ignore that nagging feeling that we should not be here, whether it be in relationships, jobs, even dealing with family? Like, when do you know when to leave the conversation? Typically, it's early on, but we we cover that up and we mask that and we say, okay, just a little bit. I'm being ridiculous. I'm being an idiot. I'm just going to stay a little bit longer until it gets painful enough for us to make the change. And it sounds like that's where she got to was the point where she it got painful enough for her. She got too connected, as she said, to the people that she was working with that it became painful and she decided to make this career change. So my offer for anybody who's listening, when you get that nagging feeling, take notice of what comes up for you and how you try to squash that and ignore that, bury your head, run away from it, get addicted to things, to not listen to that nagging voice that's telling you to get out or switch or change. Take a listen to that and notice it more and trust it a little bit more to say, hey, if I do make a bold move, I'll actually be okay. Mm. You know, it's funny. I, I posted today, David Frost once said, do what you love and, and believe in it, and then success will come in whatever form it comes in. So the question is, you know, how do you know if you love doing something? So what I hear from her, which is amazing, is she's emotionally very receptive and aware, right? She gets how to, she feels a lot. So she has um, she's trying to understand how she's a sieve as an artist where she feels the emotion but also isn't controlled by it. So she wants to perform, but she also felt a great connection to these young people suffering, which, frankly, what that means is if she can't do it, that means there's something that perhaps she might want to look at in herself that that was touched off in that transference that occurred, right? What I do think is, you know, going closer to the flame that says I can't do it, I'd be intrigued to, to hear why. What emotionally was it that came up for her that – cause her to say, I can't do it? Like what caused her to just really, quite frankly, after a year of it, just saying it's just, what did she feel that scared her so much? Because something scared her in there because she ran away from it. Yeah. And I I heard her say, you know, she got too emotionally attached. Mm -hmm. So is that attachment actually vulnerability? Mm -hmm. Is that intimacy? and, And does she have a conversation around having that in her life? Does she run from that in other arenas? Not saying that this is the job she should have been doing, but really, like you said, take a look at it and say, are you running away from those moments where there's intimacy involved in your relationships? It's a great place to start. Well, you're also talking kids. Like my sister worked with kids for years, and kids, there's no filter. There's no ego. It's just you see the pain they're going through during divorce, and the most classically, the place where they're supposed to feel the most safe is gone. So kids going through divorce are just, they're in hell. And so she was in front of kids who were feeling like their whole worlds were being shattered. So something happened for her in there. I don't think a lot of people can work with kids. My sister and I talked about this a lot because she worked with kids a lot. The only people that can work with kids are the people that that really had kind of a fucked up childhood because they get it. They understand what the kid is going through. And so what I was intrigued, she said, she now is doing, what's the title? 
She called it something else. She's now doing human something. Human services. What is she that? She was talking about human services. I'm not, for me, the picture that I got in my head is you sit behind a desk and you're dealing with people, your government, yeah. right? And you're dealing with people who need. Well, so it's governmental. It's not like corporate. I don't know. That's just what either. I'm making up. But, I have no idea. But it's still helping, but in a way that's a little bit more detached for her because you see people on rotation, not all the time. You don't have the same client every week. They kind of come in deal with their issues in terms of, I guess, human health services or whatever, and then they, they're they off. You know, it'd be great for her to dive into, because she said she wants to perform, and, and we always love performers who are very vulnerable on stage, but we feel like they're in control of their vulnerability. They aren't going to fall apart. So she was confronted with that with the kids. So she wants to perform. So there's some, she, she called in because she's swimming in this world of like, I want to perform and I want to act, but acting is... I mean, the currency of acting is emotion. <laughs> That's your currency is emotion. Mm-hmm. But yet she got too close to the emotion that she preferred not to look at with the kids. So she's in this place where she she's trying to figure out what's the form, right? I never knew what the freak that term meant. She's trying to figure out what's the form of this thing I'm supposed to do. But at the same time, she's like a moth to a flame. She can't stop going closer to the flame. Something about this appeals to her. Something about the... Emotion appeals to her, but something was touched off in her with the kids that I would I would challenge her to say, what was the emotion? <laughs> like, like I would say, you know how it happened. I guarantee you there was a moment when she was sitting in front of a kid, and I'll bet you that that kid suddenly did something or said something, and some emotion sparked in her that made it clear, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm wondering if she can go back and say, what was that emotion? Was it terror, fear, probably, but of what? And so that, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what's underneath. And I posted the other day, whatever you're running away from uh, most likely holds the answer. Correct. So by her running away from this, not saying again that she should be doing this, but she should really look at maybe it holds some sort of answer for me or at least a path. And the interesting thing also that she talked about, she says she has these two pieces, these two passions that I heard. I'm sure she's got more, but she's got the acting and she wants to help people. And she's lucky enough that those two things can merge Oh, that's and the design be of the acting. the same exact thing. Exactly. Absolutely. She can be an entertainer and help people right. from the stage, from the screen, whatever it may be. Well, you know, I talk about this a lot with people, but, you know, I'm a performer who also is in this world of mental health. So how to combine the two and what she's trying to figure out is how do you combine those two in a way that's of service to yourself and of service to other people, right? It's not complicated, but there is something there – you know, it's like when you when you said what you're trying to run from holds the answer. I hate <laughs> these rhymes, but this one works. Whatever you resist persists. So whatever came up that she wasn't looking at, there's something in there for her. And she's <laughs> she. I kept thinking as this was playing, I kept thinking of like when you get your tooth pulled and you keep going there. Mm-hmm. She's like this. She's like, where is it? Where is it? I think she's like digging into that. Yeah, she has like a tooth. piece of corn in her she tooth. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, she can't figure out. She's trying to figure out. She knows there was value in not doing it. But she also knows that, and I say this with great compassion when you're listening, dear, dear caller, you have to be kind to yourself here, but there is something you ran from because it scared you, mm-hmm. right? So with great courage and tenacity, I, I suggest you go into that and ask, what was it that frightened me so much? And then you want to act, frankly. Let's be honest. That's what you want to do. So explore that in your acting. Go to HB Studios if you're in New York City. Are they in New York City? 
No, okay. Go to somewhere where you can you can go into a scene study class and and choose a scene that goes right into there. So once you articulate what the emotion is, then pick a that you're running from then pick a scene that goes right into that emotion. Cause then, because she said she went to human, what is it again? Services. Services. Like, she went, she went like, into human services, right? right? Very general. Very general. That's right. So so she she went to a very general, safe role, which was wise for her, so she felt safe and protected. But because we're talking children, because we're talking divorce, because we're talking she went into a safe environment, something about those kids affected the core level of her feelings of safety, security, because in, in work with people – that's the number one thing with, with kids that had a hard time. As adults, they don't feel safe. They don't trust that things are going to work out okay. And their core level belief that things are going to be all right just is not solid. So that's what she's playing with, which is, I mean, that's like the most fertile ground for a scene. But I would say in a safe environment because she went to her safe job wisely. Yeah, she might want to do that in an acting class somewhere or something. And I love the word safe. Right? Mm. <laughs> safe as, can as have you life. stuck. <laughs> yeah. Safe can really have you stuck. And I'm going to bring it up just a little higher level. It may not even pertain necessarily and specifically to children. It may be, and I'm going back to this, the intimacy thing. This may be with adults. This may be with anybody. Even if she was a therapist for adults, would she have experienced this same sort of emotional pull where she got into it and she felt like it just was I, I not. Think, I think there's something primal with children, though. There there absolutely it's is. It's so primal, yeah. And that's, start there, that's mm -hmm. fantastic. But mm -hmm. also, don't just hold yourself up in the idea that you need to take a look at why children, this mm -hmm. may be showing up and most likely is everywhere. I mean, how you are anywhere is how you are everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. So there's your favorite, uh, another rhyme for you. And also going back to what you said about the acting and the emotion, as an, I, I am not a performer, right? But when I see a really great comedian and I've had a really shitty fucked up day, mm -hmm. the first thing I want to do is laugh and get out of my head. Mm -hmm. In that way, that performer is helping me. Mm -hmm. It's entertaining me, yes, but it's helping me get out of my head mm -hmm. so I can focus. When I have a lot of anxiety, the first thing I'm going to do is Go to a musician so I can hear some music to soothe me or watch a comedy so I can laugh a little bit. Whatever it takes, they're helping me. They're my therapist for that hour. So, caller, please take a look at those two things being combined and being one. You can have both. And what is the conversation around you not going for acting? Yeah, and you, I'm going to add this in here. Love bug, whoever you are listening. Dear heart, could you please watch what you're saying to yourself that you think you wasted time getting a master's? That, first of all, is friggin' amazing. Most people never get a friggin' master's. So first, just let's just say you got a friggin' master's. That's phenomenal. So please just watch the thoughts that are admonishing wasted time. No, my goodness. It's going to serve you for the rest of your life. So just remember that. So just, just I know you're confused, but... Just be, be nice to yourself right now. <laughs> Thank you for that. And, and that's absolutely right. I, right now, I'm using the tools that I used in every single job and every position that I've ever had. I've taken something out of every single one of them down to my very first job of being a bus girl. I learned humility and I learned how to think about people first. So that just sparked off something else, and I still use that to this day. So her master's degree and her going for mm -hmm. that, let's say she goes to she, she goes all in, 
right, for the acting. She can take what she's learned in that schooling and apply it directly to her acting. And the great thing about that with schooling is it makes you a critical thinker. And in these worlds that we're in, in this world of positivity and spirituality and stuff, there tends to be a lack of critical thinking. Like you just have to believe and buy all in. Well, no, maybe you should question it. And I really like that. And one thing about academia that I really, and I've come now to this place where I used to not think this way, but now I really appreciate someone going, is that really right? And so she has that faculty, and as an actor, that's phenomenal because you question direction and you, with great intelligence, ask, what is see, what is this really about? Like, what is the scene really about? Because the scene is never what the scene's about. They're fighting about meatloaf, but really what they're fighting about is infidelity. So the scene's about meatloaf, but actually what's happening is infidelity. Mm-hmm. So she'll be able to get to that quicker now. Yeah, you need to act. Whoever you are, you need to act. But, of course, I'm an actor, so I'm going to tell you to act, <laughs> who also talks about mental health. So I'm a little I'm yeah. persuading you. And, and just in the end, what I would say is trust yourself. Everything you've gone through is perfect. The, our show is very much about the perfection of our history. We love flawed people because we're all flawed in some way. Flawed. We're, we're all flawed. Absolutely flawed. And, yep. and just trust yourself. Whatever your next move is, is exactly where you need to be because that's what you chose. If you really want to do the acting, ask yourself on your deathbed, what is it that you're going to regret not doing? I love that. I'm I always going to go love, there. I love go right to the I, deathbed. I, 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 com- I could not agree more. I mean, you know, i 55, so of course I'm like, ah! But yeah, no, I agree. Because it's it, just all fluff and bullshit. If that's what you want to do, right. do it. And I'm going to say to her, you're, you're, you're sweet as pie, whoever you are. I can tell you're just kind as kind gets so just cherish that and protect that kindness because this world doesn't always respect kindness and that annoys me (laughs) it does I think kindness should be exalted I think it's okay I think it gives me a chubby hey so we know there was a lot of information in this last episode so if you'd like to reach out to us we're at stripthepodcast at gmail.com and if you'd like to leave us a voicemail about what's going on in your life 201-685- 0828. Stripped is co-hosted by Jennifer Ho and Michael C. Bryan. It is co-created by Michael C. Bryan, Jennifer Ho, and Ian Hamilton. It is produced by Ian Hamilton and Mariana Trevino. It is recorded and edited by Rich Cerbini at Hangar Studios in New York City. 